Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oh, I have a feeling the next half hour is going to get a little bit of fun. You can call us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063, the River Cree Resort Casino excitement. Pat on it. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Open Monday to Saturday. We are going fully interactive. I want to hear from you. Get your thoughts. Uh, should we be concerned about yesterday's result in Montreal? Third game in three and a half days. 6-2 loss against the injury-riddled Canadians. And what should Edmonton do? And we've got lots of texts coming in including a, a, a couple that I found rather interesting. Uh, we're going to tell you that guests and orders now receive gift cards to Japanese Village for 50 years, Edmonton's destination for celebration for the census, reserved today at jvedmonton.ca. Orders now is brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. World of Spas is the ideal place to start your daily vacation. The dread Pirate Roberts has texted the show. Bob, you were quite dismissive yesterday on the Sportsnet panel on the suggestion that the Oilers should go after Joel Edmondson. I assume you're not high on Gavrikov either. From the Dread Pirate Roberts. Great handle. Nice Princess Bride reference. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't go after either guy if it were me. I'm sorry. The order, the emergence of Vincent DeHarnay on the right side has given Edmonton a different dimension. Not only, Brendan, I'm going to get your thoughts just before we open up the phone line, 7804960063. Allow me to, like, if the Oilers are going to invest picks and prospects, for me, it's got to be for a guy that's got an offensive dimension to his game. I'm serious about this. I think you need four guys that can get the puck up the ice. DeHarnay has better puck skills than I thought. I think for a lot of the listeners right now driving around, they're probably thinking, like, we're th- this guy's played 12 games. He hasn't been in a minus in any of the games. Granted, they haven't played great teams, but when he's on the ice, they don't seem to be under a, not only Not only do they not seem to be under duress, he's a bit of a jerk to play against in front of He's sitting there hacking guys, sticking guys. Cra- Yesterday, he reads the situation. You know, Jack guy's out there with Anderson. They're throwing their weight around. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We got a full board, but you have the floor on Day Harney. Has he changed the and even with Broberg as well? Like, have they changed the narrative a bit for a guy like a Gavrikov or an Edmondson? Oh yeah, absolutely. You've got uh, Gavrikov or an Edmondson at this point, and then some. And I think that there's more staying power right now in Deharnay's game because you you're talking about the five foot pass being a staple of a defenseman's game. He he is rocking chair steady back there. I'm talking about Deharnay. You watch the way he's give um, exchanging pucks with his defensive partner. The way that he's able to nine out of ten times get the puck out of the zone with a simple play. You know he doesn't have the team in danger a lot of the time and when the rush is coming down on him Bob he is impossible to get around he's made a couple plays with really talented players where they thought they had him angled wide and he just reels them in And, and Jay talks about those arms playing through seaweed they knew about this guy Jay Woodcroft 
when he did his hits on our show over the last two to three years before he got named Oilers head coach, he would talk about Dayernay. He led the American League in plus minus. He's tough enough. He took the fight against Jack Guy yesterday, recognized the situation, challenged broke his nose in Vegas and challenged Colzer to a fight the first time he was on the ice against Colzer after Colzer. He gets it. They have something in this player. Okay? They do. And if anything, he's playing 12 minutes a game. For me, I'd accelerate his minutes more. I, if, if I'm Dave Manson, I'm checking to see whether or not he can handle 14 or 15. I've had really stir- there were there were a couple prominent pro scouts at last night's game who said stuff what the Oilers need to do with him in time is partner him with Nurse. I'm like he's playing 12 minutes a game Nurse plays 20 they're like Bob they need to partner him with Nurse. It would be a slightly different variation of what Bomeister was with Pareko in St. Louis when they won the cup. That's your shutdown pair. And those are two tough guys on the ice against other team skill players. Nurse gets to be the elf in that situation, but DeHarnay's so smart, he gets and understands his role. Interesting. 780-496-0063. We open up the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Doug has been patiently waiting on line number one. Hello, Doug. How are you? Good, Bob. Listen, I'm not going to disagree with you about DeHarnay. I like where his game's at and where the potential is in him. I think uh, the time and experience that he gets in this year, it's going to go full well uh, going into next year. Uh, Lightly touching on yesterday's game, that's... um Bob, if we truly are a cup-contending team, if that's what we think we are, yesterday's game cannot happen. It just can't. But okay, you know well, what? Well, 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 because you're of the you're roughly of the same vintage of me. You bet. A little older. A little older. I remember <laughs> listening to John Short and people freaking out. The other. A guy that uh, knows his stuff, very uh, very smart fellow. Uh, Paul just reached out to me. He said, "Bob, not only did the Oilers lose eleven nothing in Hartford in 1984, yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, a week yep. earlier they got beat nine two in Washington, and I I remember. I remember the game. Yeah. I remember after the Oilers lost the Cup in '83 to the Islanders in four straight games." When they were on that road trip and they got, you know what, pumped? Yep. People, oh, they're never going to win the Stanley Cup. And they won five of the next seven years. Yeah, coffee was gone. Half the team was gone. Yeah, I remember. We had people <laughs> saying they should trade Gretzky to Chicago for Savard and Doug Wilson. Yeah, I remember. Like, I remember. Come on, man. Like, so when you say that game can't happen, they're on a 9-0. Good teams do lose game 6-2. I think the Oilers are a good team. I don't think they're a great team yet, but I think they're a good I team. I agree with you, yeah. So All that right. takes the goal forward. Bob. Yes. To talk about Carlson. Uh, I've been a big proponent, and you and I have talked about this in the past, that you look at the every cup-winning team from here going back to the cap era, or even before, uh, basically every winning team has either had a Norris Trophy or a Norris Trophy running up D-man on that club. Last one I can remember that didn't have it was uh, uh, Pittsburgh a few years ago when Latang was hurt. I think their top defenseman was Smith or Smith or whatever it was at that time. At any rate, going forward, Carlson, Norris Trophy winning defenseman, going to be very, very costly to get if it can even work out. Let's just say it does work out. Let's just say the Oilers do get him. You tell me from the bottom of your heart, odds on favor, where does that put the Oilers at that time? Are they cup content- Are they the top contending team at that time with Carlson? You tell me. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, I think you, 
I, I think the perception would be for a lot of the it pundits. Helps, it would help. It would, it, it would help, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it would be a. I would have to think the only way it could happen is if they're somehow eating forty percent of the money, and now we're talking five five assets to make the deal. Oh, absolutely! It's going to cost you dear, oh, right through the nose. It's going to cost you. Yeah. Are we willing to do it? That's the question. Is can he enough you to even? The, the other thing is, we can all hypothesize and talk about making wheeling and dealing, and can the two organizations consummate a trade? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, you may be right. I still, I'm on your, I'm still in your ballpark. We still need another forward, though, Bob. We, we need a, the Oilers need a forward that's an, an exceptional penalty killer. So they're not, they need to have more defined roles for guys in their, you know, their bottom. Hey, it's their bottom five. It's not their bottom six. Doug, I got a full board. I got to get to it. Thanks, man. Let you run, Bob. Thanks. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Patiently waiting line two. Sixteen minutes. Haji, we're gonna go to Haji on line two. Hi, Haji. How are you? Uh, good, Bob. How are you? Good. What do you got? Well, first of all, um, I know you're really bullish on Evan, and you see the potential there, and I will grant you this. He has skill. But what he showed in his compete level, historically, even back in junior, had me worried, and me and my dad were sitting on the couch, and I said, they better take Dobson, they better take Dobson. I can't believe Dobson's still there. And they took Bouchard, and I just about cried. Now, take that with a grain of salt, because I also said they should take Bennett, because he's got some grit to him over Dreisaitl. So, Hodgie's not always right. But Hodgie, it's I rare I, It's rare when a caller or texter admits they're not always right. <laughs> well, trust me, my wife tells me I'm never right. But I know that relationship. Yep. I just... I just don't see Evan working his way out of this. Like, if you have a captain like Connor McDavid who doesn't have that speed in his game, it's either 110% with Connor or it's nothing. Watching him fighting in that corner yesterday, or I shouldn't say fighting, watching him glide into the corner yesterday and basically just giving the fuck away, like Connor must just grind him. I don't, I don't envy Connor's position at all because it would be frustrating. Same way he's holding the line same, on the power play. Same, same, age, same agency, eh? You know that. I, I understand that. That's what I'm saying. I must grind him because he's having a hard time. <laughs> well, the thing is, McDavid, yeah. McDavid was dancing at time. Like, Connor was not at the second goal against. He doesn't look to, you know, I, I'm pretty sure. Brendan, can you go on hockey uh, reference? Uh, no, just go on NHL.com and uh, just take, tell me which, who were the three. It was McDavid, Derek Ryan. I thought it was Evander Kane that was out with him on the second goal against yesterday against Montreal. Um, but Connor wouldn't look to Derek Ryan making the mistake. Connor's the type of guy that would look to himself putting the puck in a bad spot up the right side boards and not getting out because that's who Connor is. Like Connor takes ownership oh, on stuff like that, right? So, yep. you know. But in Bush, hey, you know what? Everything, everything, all of the concern you have about Bouchard, there has to be people in the organization that has some of the same concern. I see it a little bit differently, and I very well could be wrong. But I look at a guy like Larry Murphy, and those guys could move the puck up the ice, and the best players want the puck up the ice, and you live through the warts in their games because not every it's it's an imperfect game. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah, but but it wasn't the lack of intensity with Murphy. It was the mistakes he was making that were driving people crazy. Oh, like, there was there was I, concerns about his urgency. 
Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was the officiating. You were critical of the call at the end of the Super Bowl. Yes. And I'll, I'll agree with you, but simply because they weren't calling that all game. And there you go. What drives me nuts. There wasn't a one call like the that. There wasn't a holding call in the entire game. How I know. do you call and it that's then? What me nuts. That's what drives me nuts. In the NHL, they call penalties in the first period that result in a power play and potentially a goal. Then when the team that scored against is trying to get that goal back in the third period, the penalty or the offense that led to that goal that they're down by is no longer being whistled because the whistles have been put away. Yeah, no, no. I, I just want consistency. We all do. We need consistency. Thanks, Haji. Great call. Thanks, thanks a lot. Take care, everybody. And thanks for admitting you're not always right. Let's go to Chris on line number three. He's been waiting 19 minutes. Hello, Chris. You're in Oilers now. How you doing? Doing well, Bob. How are you today? Good. What do you got? Uh, well, you know, just a few things. I wanted to mention, you know, first on the, the, the weekend of the games that we had, you know, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's upsetting in the performance that uh, you had uh, against Montreal because, you know, you look at the guys who were out of the lineup for Montreal and, you know, you expect a little bit more from the team. I get three games in four nights. It happens at times. I'll, I'll move on from it. But it is kind of hilarious how many people, you know, we're talking about like the loss to Hartford before, and like everyone's like, and even now, people are like, oh, I saw even teach of like, oh, uh, once again, they're hanging Skinner out to dry, wait till he asks for a trade. Like, that's not happening anytime soon. Like, it's hilarious, like, how much people, I mean, I get it, it's the passion. Could you imagine day. social media in 1984 if the orders had not won this, like, they lost the 83 Stanley Cup final? If they'd lost 9-2 at the start of a road trip in Washington and then 11-0 in Hartford to end the road trip. What I do you throw what, my phone at that point just so I don't have to listen to it. Right, like, like yeah, well, now, now you know what my wife says in conversations. But, no, like, <laughs> right, like, could you imagine social media back then? They would have got nuts because I remember like, listening to John Shaw and they went nuts. Yeah, and you know what? There's one thing from being passionate but also being realistic at points. Too, yes. Like, you know, I'm sure there's probably still the same group of people that mention that with like a, a guy like Skinner that probably still look at that loss and then like, oh, that's the loss that's going to send McDavid. That McDavid's going to leave on after, and it's like I, I'm with you. Find, find us another. So, 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 Chris, what do I need to do? Well, you know what? I look at the thing. I'm kind of going back and forth with the whole Carlson Chickren thing because I look at the two players right now. I think we can agree. Carlson is the better player than Chikrin, but Chikrin has the better value than Carlson just based on his contract right now. Yeah. And I think you're just trying to find the balance between the two. Because here's the thing, like, if you... Because if I'm picking one of the two, personally, I think I would rather go swing and get Eric Carlson. I just don't know how you make the money work. That's the biggest thing. And what you're giving up. Like, fair, fair comment. There's no talk about the, you know, I'm fine giving away the picks, the prospects is the big thing right now because like if if the Sharks come af- ask you like, oh hey we want the picks we'll leave some of your money too but we're also like, if they start asking for guys like uh, Broberg or Dylan Holloway or, or an Xavier Borgo, like part of me doesn't want to do that just because um, they're gonna, well they're going to be getting like they would get, they would probably get I mean realistically if it ended up being Carlson that kind of blocks Bouchard doesn't it? 
carrying forward in like for what he does, at least for the next three or four years. I mean, you would have to think Barry and, and Bouchard would be part of the deal, just from a money perspective, and also, t- and I would think that Borgo would be part of the deal. And I think a twenty twenty three number one would three number ones. Right? That was the word we heard. I, hey, Chris, I got to run. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Daniel on line number four. Daniel, you're in Oilers now. How are you doing? Oh, hanging in there, Bob. Good. I appreciate your show every day. Uh, I don't know, Bob. I, I, I just have, I have trouble trying to understand giving up what we'd have to give up for Carlson is it, I, and I, I, I have no problem as I've stated to you before admitting you know Carr more than I do is is Carl some might debate worse? that but keep going well okay they can and that's their prerogative but I, I I've been listening to you since day one for many years and I just have a lot of respect for you okay and but do you honestly feel that what we would get in the Carlson is going to be worth what we have to give up. That's one question I have for you. Just do you believe that it's worth what we will give? My concern with Carlson is he is in his 30s and the orders and an argument can be made. You need to win now with Connor, Leon, etc. We all know what's at stake here carrying forward. If it is three number ones, if it's Bouchard and Borgo in a 2023 number one minimum, minimum, the more they eat, the more expensive it gets. Could there be converse? If you, what happens if you don't win with that? Well, can't it, okay. My, I go back to my question, and I'm not accusing you of not answering it. But is he going? Is the likelihood? Is there a likelihood of him? bringing us over that that bar that is it going to significantly increase the odds of us winning i think in the short term he probably would okay my my second question is i'm having trouble with i know how you feel about bouchard and and i do too i i love the kid but i'm just not positive is he ever going to get that that assertiveness, and I, and I don't mean just in physicality, but this that in demeanor, that, in demeanor, that, deme- that demeanor yeah. that makes him go into a corner and go, no, I, I'm 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 coming out with a puck. It's a fair and comment. A lot of times, it's a fair comment I, I, at this stage. It's fair, you know. And I, it's not that I, I don't want to pick on the kid. I realize he's talented. There's nobody. You'd be a fool not to admit that. But at a certain point. Is, is this going to be something that he is ever going to possess, or are we trying to get something out of him that is never going to well, be there? Camoon has a saying, right? If they don't bite as pups, they don't bite as dogs. The difference, well, the difference is 30 years ago, way more players bit because kids grew up uh, with emotional and physical intensity, like... Yeah, like I'm telling you, right? I don't think Evan Bouchard. I know this in his junior and NHL career, he's never had a fight. And sometimes, yeah. if you're playing with her, if you're playing like Vincent Dearnay is playing right now, you're going to have to back it up once in a while. Like Vincent Dearnay is being a. I love. We all love it. We all love what we're yeah. watching out of Dearnay, yeah. right? It's a dimension. Like he's at six foot six. He's leaning on guys. He's cross checking guys. He's yeah. making it difficult in front of the net, and he knows it might be coming his way. 
Well, so, he knows. He, you can see the the not desperation, but he wants to be there, and he's willing to do whatever it takes. And yeah. as far as I'm concerned, in closing, I know you got a full board. Broberg and Deherney stay in before Broberg. That's my before opinion. Bouchard. Broberg and Deherney stay before yeah. Bouchard. Okay, thanks yeah. for the call. The Oilers now injury report is brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, gang at James H. Brown, proud supporters of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Elks and the Alberta Golden Bears. And uh, Kyra Yamamoto closing in on a potential return, distinctly possible that he could uh, be activated for Wednesday night's game. Devin Shore has cleared waivers. He has been assigned to Bakersfield. He'll be in the lineup uh, tomorrow when they're in Colorado. Edmonton will have to make one more move between now and then. We got time for about 45 seconds. Let's go to Sonny on line number one on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Hi, Sonny. How are you? Hey, Mr. Stoffer. I'm good. How are you? Good. What do you got? A couple things. First thing I'd ask, what's going on with Dry Sidal? He It's looking like on the ice, he's not 100%. And after his comments at the All-Star game, I know stats say otherwise, but he is. he does not look like he wants to play here. Uh, I don't think he's – when a guy says he can play better, to me that's not a sign that he doesn't want to play here. I think the truth is he's had a high ankle sprain that he suffered last year in the end of the first round of the playoffs against L.A. I don't think he – you know, he played great against Calgary, gutted through it against Colorado, didn't have a full off-season training, and I don't think – you know, I think he's it's still bothering him at times. I'm not making excuses for him. You talk to former players, and they'll tell you it's one of the worst injuries you can have. I don't think he's all the way back yet from that injury. That's what happens when teams go on extended runs. Some guys get hurt, and I think he's been dealing with it all season. Okay, perfect. Point noted. I'm going to give you a couple players. You tell me yes or no if they're realistic targets for the Oilers. Okay. At this point, not, if we got Fogel, Barry, Pulley, RV. Yeah, yeah. Um, wait, wait, who, who are the players? we got 20 seconds. I got Travis Sanaheim, Scott Lawton, Jack Ozevalk, Boone Jenner. And if we're talking about Eric Carlson, the package that we're paying, why not look to someone younger like Quinn Hughes if the Canucks would entertain it? Wow. Uh, wow. You're going all over the map there. Uh, I'd have to think about those during the break. I'll get back to you, Sonny, at one uh, forty-five on that. Keith Kretzky. No worries. Okay, thanks, Sonny, for the call. Uh, Keith Kretzky coming up at one thirty-five. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Kevin Robertson. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.